I want you to I want you to look with me if you can. Jonah chapter one. We're going to read in verse eleven and twelve. Jonah chapter one, verse eleven and twelve. I'm excited about this this day for a few reasons, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but we had plans. Braden came last week, and he had talked to his mother, and his mother was 100% behind Braden coming and getting baptized in Jesus' name today. Amen. I'm excited about it. He's been hearing more and more about baptism, hearing more and more about Jesus' name, baptism, and we believe strongly in that. And On the way here, I was able to tell we were in the van, and Jeremiah looked up and he said, he's getting baptized? I said, yeah. He said, can I get baptized? And I said, well, definitely. Let's go back and talk to your mom real fast. He ran inside. I talked to his mom. His mom said, please get a video. So we have to get a video today of these baptisms, obviously. And then as we were leaving and, and doing that, I was able on the way here, I'm going to stop there just a moment because I'm going to tell that in just a moment. I'll tell that in just a second. Lord, we ask right now to help us. We ask that you lead us. We ask right now that you guide us. I pray, Lord. Lord, you know everything that's happening in this body, and I pray, Lord, that you would do whatever it needs to be done, whatever needs to be done to make us whole, to unify our spirits and our minds, to strengthen the body. I ask it in Jesus' name, Lord, let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Jonah's, I'm sorry, Jonah's epiphany. If you have your Bibles open, you can just remain seated for a moment and we'll read this together. I know you've been standing a lot. I don't do that out of disrespect by any means. I, some, let me just pause here for the awkwardness sometimes I feel because some say we need to stand for the reading of the word and I believe strongly in that. I also believe that you have much honor for the word and it's okay right now in this moment to sit. And so I, I feel challenged at times because I don't want to be wrong, but I also want to make sure that's clear that I don't do that out of disrespect. But we're going to read in verse 12 and um, what did I say? 11. Then said they unto him, and Jonah's in this moment where they begin to speak and it says, um, then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? Now, in this text, we find where this is in the middle of Jonah's excursion. Jonah's fleeing the call of God in his life. He's struggling a bit because here's, here's the struggle for Jonah. is He loved God and loved, and I'm going to quote on it, God's people. He loved God and loved God's people in the understanding of the context by which he was living by, in the framework that he had been built up to live in. And Jonah didn't understand fully what the Lord was calling him to do here because he didn't see the benefit that would come out of him, him going the distance to preach a word, to preach a word, Malachi, go ahead and sit down, buddy. He didn't have the benefit of going and, and preaching a word and understanding what good could come from that. He didn't know what could come from that. He didn't know, 
And I'm not going to just always sit and harp on this because I know, I know at times it's not easy. I know at times there's question. I know at times you're saying, what good's going to come from it? What good's going to come from it? Let me tell you right now, if the Lord has challenged us to be a part of it and to do it, the Lord has a reason why we should do it. The Lord sees what we cannot see. The Lord understands what we cannot understand. And we oftentimes try our best to measure what God desires to do out of our actions, but we cannot measure that. We cannot put a number. We cannot put a measurement on it. We cannot weigh that truly. We do not know how exactly something can come out of what God has challenged us to do in the moment we respond to his word. It was uh, Bruce Howe, one of our great, great leaders in, in the United Pentecostal Church. He's our, he was our... Um, foreign missions director as of this past year. He has preached all over the world. He changed the missions department. He went into to nations that were untouched. He went into places that had never been, uh, um, had, had the message preached to them. We've gone now. We don't just reach the, the, the countries that are easy to preach to, but now we have couples and people, men and women, who are standing up saying that I know it's dangerous. And I know, as we talked about early in the year with our, our current Foreign, foreign Missions Director, Adam Hunley, there's access challenge nations that we have to be careful how we even approach these things. We have to be careful with their names. We have to be careful with maybe videos or uh, different things we produce about where they're preaching because as we see in our modern world, there is a climate right now that is rising up more than ever against Jews and against Christians. But yet, uh, Bruce Howe, who kind of opened the door to some of these things with some of these great men and women, was just a man that came on the bus one day to church. He came on a church bus, and he was in a service where there was a message preached to him, and he didn't know how to experience it. He didn't know what to do, and so guess what? That bus driver brought him in and put him on the front or second row or whatever the case might be, probably somewhere in this area, and then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost moved, and the Holy Ghost moved. His life changed forever. He grew up. He didn't know where to go from there. All he knew is, I'm going to be taking my one step after the other and I'm going to do this. He began to preach. Lives being the change. He spent his life younger years in El Salvador as a missionary from a bus kid to a missionary and then he got caught up as they began to beg him. Please, we need, we need someone who understands what it is to love people and to reach people to come and ignite a passion in us and now for over 25 to 30 years, he's led the missions department that, uh, that oversees about a $6 million budget that has seen tribes change that has bought planes for missionaries, that has gone into the Amazon, that has gone into here and there, West Africa, all the above. And let me tell you, there's probably a bus driver that one day was driving across the interstate and wondered, is this really going to make a difference? Well, I've come to tell you, it made a difference. You couldn't measure it then, and you couldn't understand it then. But I've got news for you. When you respond to the call of God, it always Makes sense in the end. No, uh, Jonah, let me get it right. Jonah, Jonah had a moment where he was not sure, and we find where everything that took place after he, he ignored the call of God that was placed on his life, he went down here, he went down there, he goes down into a neighboring city, he runs down to another place. When you run from the call of God, the scripture, if you read it, 
it keeps using the word down. He went down into the pit of that ship. He goes down into the belly of a whale. Everything will take you down when, when, when you run from the call. There's always a place that's not carrying you up. When you answer the call of God, it lifts you up. But when you run from it, it takes you down, takes you down into dark places. And we find, though, in this text here where we're reading about the storm that came as he was on the ship. He was on this, this ship as a stowaway. And the reality was is these men were not Israelites. They were not Sunday morning church people. They didn't have it all together. Jonah gets on and he's now, don't forget, he's looking with a critical eye about everybody and at everybody. These people aren't Israelites. They don't deserve the message. These people aren't Israelites. They don't deserve the word that I'm going to speak. These people, these people. But yet Jonah finds himself in this unique place because, because that now there's a, there's a wind of trouble. There's a, there's a storm that has come upon them. And the Bible tells us again, a little early in the scripture, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us. Even these men looked around and said there's something abnormal about this storm. There's something different about this storm. There's something different about what's happening. What is your occupation and where did you come from? Because what they were saying was everything was fine before you showed up. Everything was okay before you started uh, uh, this journey with us. And these men were good to him, however. Before this, we don't get the full story, but these men would have fed him. They would have given him a hot drink to warm him. They would have given him dry clothes if he needed it. They would have taken care of him in every way. And in that moment, uh, uh, Jonah began to notice something. That these people, although they're not Israelites, they're not bad people. Although they're not Israelites, they seem like kind people. Although they're not Israelites, they seem sensitive to the things that are happening in the air. Let me just pause for a moment and tell you that just because they're not in these walls right now, it does not mean they're bad people. We are blessed in this community to have many good Good people that we get to live life with, that we get to do things with, that we get to see at all the events that we have in our community. We get to love together and be kind together and serve together and celebrate together. Let me tell you, just because, just because you don't think they're going to receive the message that God's called you to preach does not mean they won't receive it. It does not mean they won't uh, take on that word of God in your life and their lives and Jonah has this realization. They said, what's going on? So he said to him, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. I fear the one that's over all the things that we see. Then the men who were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? They give us a little understanding that we also fear the Lord. Why have you done this? Why have you done such a thing? Why does it seem that you've angered the almighty creator? Why does it seem that you've angered the God of the heaven and the earth, the God of the sea, the one that's over the sea and the one that's over the land? Why have you done such a thing? They reveal that they also had an awareness of the spiritual. 
Well, have you done this for these? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. They had had this moment where he said, why would you act this way? Why would you do such a thing? Why? Why did this happen? Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? They weren't looking to harm Jonah. They did not want to, to harm him. They had already proven that they had compassion, that they were caring people. They had already proven they were men that would take care of those that are wounded and weak. They were teaching a lesson to the Sunday morning churchgoer. That you're not one of us, but we're still going to love you. You're not one of us, we're still going to be kind to you. They were teaching him a lesson, and notice what he does. He looks up, and he says to them, as they, as they were there, he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He says it. He says, pluck me out of my place right now and throw me overboard. Take me out and throw me into the sea. Why would he say such a thing? This is the man that's not going to go to Nineveh. This is the man that's not willing to go to Nineveh and preach the message. This is the man that's not willing to go and speak a word. But yet now it's almost as if a light bulb has clicked on. Something has come, uh, brought him to a, uh, an awareness and he says throw me over the sea. Why? Why would he do such a thing? It's because Jonah understands the way for them to find life is by me giving up my life. He has the first moment of notion to say that if it's going to affect somebody and if it's going to help somebody and if it's going to change the current situation, it's worth doing. It's worth being a part of it. It's worth speaking a good word. It's worth loving somebody. Here, Jonah says, throw me over the sea. Throw me into the sea. Throw me. He says it simply this way. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know, for I know, I know that this great tempest is because of me. What I faced, what we're going through, is because of the lack. It's the lack of willingness to go and love and preach. Why? Because they're not going to receive it, Lord. They're not going to hear the word, Lord. I know better than you, Lord. This isn't really making a difference. It's not really happening. Lord, I know better than you. It's, it's going to be years before we see the benefit, Lord. I know, I know better than you. I know, I know. And that's what Jonah was saying. But the Lord was simply saying that I've not called on you to work it all out. I've just called on you to preach the word. That's all I've called you to do. That's all I've asked you to do. That's all I want you to do. That's all I desire for you to do. That's it. I just need you to go and speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. This morning as we were coming to church, we were talking about the baptisms that would happen. We were talking about the things that would take place. And this, to be honest with you this morning, I feel strongly just to talk to us this morning. It's what I feel in my heart. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage the body. I want to encourage the church. We're going into a season where there's a lot, lot happening. There's a lot seems to be going out. I know, but I want, you, I want to encourage the church for a moment and let you know that the Lord has a plan. The Lord has a plan. I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it with my whole heart. The age I don't want to embarrass you, and I'm trying. I, I, I try not to call and, and put somebody on the spot. When, when the age came out of that water last week, she, I. I I couldn't help but get so excited because the Spirit of God was sitting upon DeAsia. I, I feel strongly that we're going to start seeing some things happen in this church. 
I feel it with my whole heart. But as we got in the van this morning, Braden were talking about getting baptized. He ran in and grabbed a change of clothes because he almost forgot them. We went and got in front of Jeremiah's mom. Jeremiah went in and said something to his mom. He came out with that big smile and had a change of clothes. Got in the van and I said, all right, guys, let me talk to you for a moment. I want to make sure we understand. I, I told him, I, I had to tell him for a moment. The Bible tells us clearly. It, it, it gives us indication. Here's the thing I'll tell you. I can't find anywhere in the Word of God where the apostles baptize in any other way. And I'm going to say it plainly. For those that don't understand, it's in the Word of God, okay? This is God's Word. This is the Word of God. We believe this is the inspired Word of God. And anywhere you find in the Word of God where there was a baptism, they baptize in the matchless and in the precious name of Jesus. Let me help you understand something real fast. I know Matthew 28, 19. I'm not contradicting that. Why? Because when Matthew preached the word and he spoke the word, he said, Go ye therefore baptizing them in the name. Everybody say the name. In the name. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What was he doing? He was speaking to Jews that believed in the power of the name. He was speaking to Jews that knew the name. He was speaking to people who knew the name. What's the name? The name of Jesus. He said, go ye therefore baptizing in the name. I told the kids this morning, am I a father? One of them said, no. I said, yes, I am. They said, he has three kids. And Malachi said, what? I said, yeah, I've got three kids. He said, no way. I said, yeah, Malachi said, wow. And he said, okay. I said, yes, I'm a father. And I said, am I a son? They said, yeah. I said, I got a mommy and I got a daddy. And they still get on to me sometimes. I'm a son. Am I also a, am I also a friend? They said, yeah. Yeah, I'm a friend. I said, am I a bus driver? They said, yeah, I'm a bus driver. Am I a pastor? They said, yeah, you're a pastor. I said, if you're going to go and baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, the friend, the bus driver, and the pastor, what's the name? And they said, Paul, that's the name. I've got news for you. If you want to be buried the way they were buried in the Word of God, you got to go down in the name. you got to go down in the matchless name of Jesus. It's the name. The name that matters. I've got to be buried in the name. Why the name? Because the name, the name that carried the sins of the earth, the name that took on the cup, the name that was beaten and bruised, the name that was scorned, the name that was beaten, the name that took itself on himself, that name that bled and died, the blood from the name, the blood from the name, the blood from the man Jesus, the blood that was shed from that one that was there for an atonement for you and I, for redemption for us to know that there's a way that we can live without sin. There's a way we can find forgiveness from the separation that sin has brought us. There's a name that lifts us up from the miry clay. There's a name that lifts us up from the dark despairs of life. There's a name that rises up in us when we have a need. There's a name that gives us power when we feel powerless. There's a name that gives us hope when we feel hopeless. That is the name can't help but get excited because there's a truth about it. 
There's a name. There's a name. Let me tell you real fast. The other, the other form, I'm going to be very clear because I feel a responsibility in this church to speak a clear word of God. My word will not be watered down. The scripture will not be watered down. But it wasn't until 325 A.D. was there more than the name. It wasn't until that point. You look at even uh, something on AI. You can ask AI these days. I know you don't want to spend time there, but even the bot knows. When you ask it, what's the original form of being baptized? They say in Jesus' name. And it wasn't beyond that until until 325 A.D. When all of a sudden they got together. All the different beliefs and systems. They said, how can we bring them in and bring them? They said, well, they like many gods. Well, let's do it that way. We can now do it a different way. We can walk away from the name. And we can apply all these other things. You say it doesn't matter. No, I believe it matters. I've got to do all in the name. I've got to preach in the name. I've got to love in the name. And I definitely have to baptize in the name. Acts 2. Acts 2 brings us to the point where Peter got up and he had a moment, I guarantee, where he's a little bit nervous. But the Lord chose a rash behavior man. He chose somebody that was a little bit crazy at times. Someone who might do the wrong things at times. Someone who didn't have it all together. But he was working his way through all of his misfits and all of his struggles and all of his shortcomings. Trying his best to get him to a place where he'd walk up boldly onto that platform someday. And when he got up to that platform, he preached Jesus and him crucified. That was the message. Don't get it wrong now. Acts 2.38 was not the message. Acts 2.38 was the response to the question that came from the message. The message, message is always Jesus. The message is always Jesus. The message is always Jesus. But when they said, how do we have him? How do we have him? He got back up. And he wiped the, breath from, the, 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 the sweat from his brow. And he walked back up to that place. And he said, well, here it is. Repent and be baptized Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, the mission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, this promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off. I'm I'm coming to tell you something right now. That afar off includes me, and it includes you, and it includes them, and it includes them, and it includes them, and it includes them. It's coming to let us know that if you just repent. What does repentance mean? It means I am turning from my old ways. I'm changing the the way I think. I'm changing the way I live. I'm sorry for what I've become. I'm sorry for living in the sin nature that I've been living in. I want something more, God, so forgive me and wash me clean. And I pray, let me become a new creature in you. I repent of who I am, but now, he said, go down in that watery grave. Why? Because you bury things that are dead. You put them down in the water, that which is dead. And it lets me know when I go down in the water that the old man lays to rest but it lets me know as that water turns in and applies the blood of Jesus over my life nothing connects me to him more than that moment the blood that was shed and the blood that flowed from Calvary is applied to my nasty self to my ring self all the things I've done now are made new and washed white as snow let me tell you I don't care where you've been I don't care what you've done. That's why the doors of this church are open to anybody. 
The doors of this church are wide open. You can come and I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you've done all your life. I don't care who your mama is or who your daddy is. I want you to know something. The blood of Christ was and is for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you today. And how do I get it? I take on the name that's above every other name. Here's the struggle. Here's the struggle. We cannot pick and choose who we preach to. I can't pick and choose it. We make the well the subject of the story oftentimes. We make the well the subject. We make the well the big, the big moment. The Jonah and the well. But I, I would rather see this as Jonah and the epiphany. Jonah, in the moment that he realized that lives are worth reaching. We dumb it down with the well. The well was a part of the story, but the epiphany was his life. The epiphany was the moment where he realized that that maybe the Ninevites will turn. Maybe the Ninevites will change. Maybe something will happen. Maybe maybe something would would happen and, 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 and something would change. Lord, how can they receive it? How, how, how? They, they don't think like us. They don't believe like us. They, don't, they didn't have the Sunday school class with the felt little paper things you put on the wall. <laughs> how will they have it, Lord? The Lord's saying is, you don't worry about that. You just preach the truth in love and compassion. I've just, I've just come to tell you right now, and here's why I'm preaching this today. Because we're doing it, folks. I believe that this body, a unified body, has answered the call. And it's been happening for years. Don't misunderstand me right now. There's been a constant love in this church for years. So I don't, I don't want you to think it's, that I, I believe it's happened over the last few months. No, I believe it's happened for years. But I believe right now as the Lord, the Lord is beginning to do something that I believe he promised Long, long ago. What I'm asking you to do right now, what I'm asking you to understand right now, is that you may not understand fully and see the value or see the strength and see. You're looking at the price tag possibly. You're looking at the, you're looking at the face value, but you don't understand the true, true value of a life that can be forever, forever changed. Javion, I don't want to pick on you, bud, but Javion had a birthday a few weeks ago. It was the day that they all walked to church, got here early. They were singing Jehovah Nisi, Fight Your Battles. Javion walked over and said, tell me, the, what, what's the name of this song? I said, well, I'm going to ask my wife. I forget the name. He said, I've been looking for this song since last time y'all sang it. And that remember, right? Come here, Javion. Come here real quick. I'm going to put you on the spot. He's going to get mad at me, but that's all right. I walked in the junior high, the other, I walked in the uh, middle school the other day, I walked into uh, Goza, and I, I was there when they were changing classes, and I was standing there kind of waiting for F- FCA, and, and, and thank you, Meredith Armstrong, she leads that ministry, and I was like, glad to be a part of that. And, and he walked over, and as he walked by me, he, he looked at me and goes, kind of like seeing your teacher in a restaurant, like, you don't know the teachers get to eat too, you know what I'm saying, when I was growing up, I'd see like Miss Cobb or something, I'd be like, aren't you supposed to be at school? 
like Saturday at 4 o'clock, you know. Like, I don't live here, by the way. I don't live here, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, but no, I, I, he walked over, and he, he, he taught me a handshake. He thinks it's funny that I learned it, but he taught me a handshake, and we got to say hi to each other. And, I, and it, it made my day, honestly. It made my day because he looked at me, gave me a big smile. He do the same thing with all of you because all these this churches, they, they love, love. And we do. We love you. We do. We love you very much. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. I don't understand, and I don't fully know, and I don't really, really, really have grasp on it. And I'm not trying to be cheap here and, and, and pick on my good friend Javian, but let me tell you right now what, one of the proudest things I have going on in my life is watching this young man right here be faithful to the house of God and, 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 and watch over these kids. And I know, I know some of them are young. But I have a hard time right now. I have a hard time not being excited when I look up and see the front row. And I know it's the altar, and I know it's sacred, and I know they don't know that yet. I, don't, I know they don't know this is a special sacred thing that we've got to be protected. They just they don't know it yet. They'll get it figured out, folks. They'll figure it out, but right now they're throwing toys on it, and they're sliding on it. They'll figure it out. They'll get there someday, and possibly, Javen, get back up here. They'll get there someday. They'll get there someday. They'll someday get there. Until then, I'm just going to learn how to give them a five. Come on. I'm just going to learn how to do the stuff, and we're going to get it figured out. Until then, we're going to love them. Until then, we're going to feed. Until then, I'm going to, every time I see you, give them a big hug. Why? Because I don't know. There may be a day when Javion takes the mic and says, Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. I'm believing God for miracles, and wonders that will be beyond what I can possibly ever fathom. It's going to happen. Go ahead. It's going to happen. In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. Let me tell you, Jonah, let me tell you, you listen to the word of the Lord. You listen to God's word. And when the Lord speaks to you, you don't you run from it. You listen to God's word and God's voice in your life. When you feel the Lord challenge you, you go speak a word to somebody. When you feel God challenge you, you go be kind to somebody. What does it seem and what does it sound like? You don't have to go give them a Bible study on the Godhead. But sometimes it's just simply going in front of them in the line at Walmart. And you feel the Lord nudge you. And you know maybe they don't have the money for the Thanksgiving meal or the Christmas meal. But you say, you know what, let me just help you. I know this might seem weird, but can I bless you right now? Or you might, you might just have somebody in your life that seems like they're going through a storm. They're going through a trial. What does it seem like? It's just simply a call or a text to say, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And I'm going to ask some others to help. We'll pray with you. If there's anything I can do to help you, please let me know. It may not seem like a lot. It may not seem like a lot, but I'll tell you this. Anytime I've gotten those texts in the last six to eight to ten months, whatever it might be, I'll tell you this. I've gone from down and out to knowing Sister Sheila, somebody's praying for me, to knowing Sister Moss, somebody called on the name of the Lord today over me. It's lifted me up. It's picked me up. It's brought me to a place. So here's the reality is I'm a Ninevite, and you're a Ninevite, and you're a Ninevite. Everybody here, all you are is a sinner who's been saved by grace. Some have been here longer. Some have been here a few days. But I thank God for the grace and the mercy of God in my life. I thank God for it. I thank God for what he's doing. I thank God for what he's speaking. I thank God for what he's changed. I thank God for where he's leading. 
I thank God for years and years of godly leadership. I thank God for years and years of faithfulness. I thank God for it all, but I also thank God. I thank God for many things that are to come. I thank Him that our future is going to be greater than our past. I thank God that what we're walking through is better and greater than what we walked out of. It's just the way it's going to be, God. I thank you, so I answer your call. I answer your call, and I receive your call. No, Jonah said, throw me over. Throw me over, and here's the reality is they said, no, we're not going to do that. We know, we know the winds now are coming because of your disobedience. But guess what? They didn't, they didn't toss him out. They didn't throw him out. The Bible says they rode as fast as they could. They got as far as they could until they had no more. He got tossed out by the winds and the waves. He finally got chucked out of that boat. These people, even though they knew that he was the danger, even though they knew that he was the struggle, even though they knew that this was the reality, that where, where they were at was because of him, they knew that. They were still willing to row for the disobedient man of God. The Lord brought him to a place of full understanding. Brought him to a place where he finally makes his way to Nineveh. He's still struggling in a sense. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city there. He made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord, God prepared a plant and made it to come up over Jonah. That it might be shade for his head. You know what happens when you start listening to the call of God? The Lord starts planting, planting shade for you that will grow overnight. <laughs> it simply goes on here. Hello. It simply goes on a little farther. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared worm. And it so damaged the plant that it withered away. Look what happens now. He's, he wants you to be shaded. But he wants you to get to his work. And it happened when the sun arose, God prepared a vehement east wind. The sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, is it, it is better to be angry about a plant. Are we talking about a plant? Let me pause right here just for a moment and tell you, are we really talking about plants? When lives are hanging in the balance, are we talking about plants? Are we really going to talk about a plant? I'm going to wake up a moment just for a second and get ahead of it. Are we really going to talk about a wall color? Right. Right. Is it really that big of a deal? No. The reality is, is before I ever got here, my mom and dad were begging me to come down and put up lights in the sanctuary. Guess what? I'm going to be the bad guy soon because I'm going to put the lights up in the sanctuary. After I, I wish I'd have done it before I got here because then they would have been the bad people. There ain't no way you're going to say anything about that. Guess what? We're going to get lights soon. Do I? Because our kids' program needs lights. You like right. it when you go to Sight and Sound. That's right. That's right. You love it when you go to Sight and Sound. And we're not going to be Sight and Sound, but we are going to be a church. Amen. 
that keeps up with the times. You know what my dream is? Is that every meeting in our community, they say, you know what? And you know who has the best lighting and sound in the community? Is the Pentecostal church. And so everything that happens in this community, we're going to have our doors open. We want people to know this is their place. This is their home. This is their church. This is where they can go. So that's what we're going to do. But are we really talking about a plant? It's not me talking, that was the Lord. The Lord said, Jonah, I'm trying to get you to reach people. And you're talking about a plant? You're worried about a plant? You're worried about a plant? And he said, is it right for me to be angry even to death? But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow. It wasn't you. I didn't give you the funds that you have. I didn't give you the things that you have. I I I want you to know that I didn't do it and you didn't do it. But everything we have is by the goodness and the grace of God. He said, that's what made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. It came up. And it went away all in the same 48 hours. And should I not, he said, pity Nineveh, that great city in which, here's what I want you to get right now. Hear me right now. In that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons. There's 120,000 people who could not discern their right hand from their left. And he goes on, he says this, and much livestock. Here's what I want you to get in this. He was struggling. Hear me right now. He was struggling preaching the Word of God. He was struggling trying his best to preach the Word of God to these people. Here's what he was worried about, Brother Jerry. He was worried about how can they reach They don't believe like we believe. They don't know how to get there. And they don't understand what it is to get to the point of where their sins can be rolled away. Back in those days, you had to have a sacrifice. You had to have, brother, you had to have a head of cow or head of cattle, brother Mike. You had to have something you could get a hold of and you could sacrifice it, open up the blood, and it would roll your sins away. And guess what the Lord tells him? You're worried about the wrong thing. You're worried about the wrong thing. What you need to know right now is there's 120,000 kids there. They don't know the right from the left. They're not making those decisions. They're not making the decisions, but yet there's also in that generation all the cows that are needed for them to find a way to find forgiveness for those sins that were just traditional things, that were just generational things. What he's saying is, you don't have to worry about it. I've already made it work. There's enough way for them to find repentance, and they also will get there. If you just preach and preach the Word of God, do it for the children, if nothing else. But let's not get caught up in a plant. Let's not get caught up in a plant. Instead, get caught up in lives. Get caught up in lives. Lives being changed. Hearts being changed kids singing the lyrics of a word that's coming from a song they learned in church. Kids, are we talking about a plant? Are we talking about donuts? Oh, God, help us right now. I tell you, I commend you for your arms being wide open. I commend you for getting out and walking about and loving people. But what I'm going to tell you right now is on your way to getting ready to preach the message that's going to change your life, don't get caught up in the plan. Don't get worried about the plan. 
The plant was never yours in the first place. It was his. And there's going to come a day when all this is going to be gone, all this is going to be away, but then we're going to be called up to a place where we're going to get to worship him together. And I pray to God that when we go, it's not just us, but I pray to God, I can look behind me and there's a thousand souls walking behind, 5,000 souls, 10,000 souls. I can't get caught up in a plant and still find myself effective. Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands to him right now? We worship you, Jesus. We're about to sing. I'm going to ask if you feel the call of the Lord in your life right now to answer the call. Would you step out from where you are and take a moment? We're about to baptize three. We're going to see the Lord do a great thing, but let's take a moment here and worship him together. In Jesus' name.